0: This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In Luke's Gospel, we find the account of just how the Lord Jesus called and attracted many of his disciples and followers. With some, he performed mighty miracles, yet with others, it was simply his word Or his sympathetic care that captivated them and drew them out of whatever held them to follow him and serve him absolutely? What about you? Are you waiting for a miracle? Or is the realization of what he has already done or even the promise of his sweet presence enough to cause you to want to give up everything and follow him? Dick Taylor has joined us once again today. Dick, we're happy uh, you could return for such a sweet portion from the Gospel of Luke. This is marvelous, isn't it?
1: surely is, Chris. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. What an attractive man-savior we have. I hope all of us who are listening today would be absolutely captured by him.
0: Well, as we mentioned, Luke presents a lot of cases. Of course, the Gospel of John has a lot of cases also, but the point in Luke really has to do with how the Lord called and attracted and captivated so many of his disciples in these early chapters. The first in this series was really marvelous. It was the story of uh, Peter and Andrew, James, and John, these four, how they were called out of their occupation, and what had captured and held them, and they're very much like us, weren't they?
1: They surely are.
0: Why don't you review this story a little bit, because it does help set up the point that we're going to get into today.
1: Yeah, I think this story really helps, Chris, in the sense that it shows us how attractive is this man-savior, Jesus Christ. Well, here they are, professional fishermen, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're going to do their own thing. They're fully occupied with their fishing. Here comes a man with apparently no fishing ability, but eventually, here they are, unable to catch any fish because this man is not just a man, but this man is also divine. He's not just a human being, but he's also the very God. So no doubt, as God, he's keeping all the fish away. When he uh, directed them on how to fish, Uh all the fish came back. Here he is, apparently, a man with no fishing ability. Yet within this human being, within this man, is God with his divine attributes and his ability to tell the fish, go away, his ability to tell the fish, come here. And when they saw this person, they just did not know what to do. Even Peter said, I'm a sinful man. (laughs) Uh, He just realized this is an unusual person because God was being expressed in and through this man, through his human virtues, all the divine attributes of God were being expressed. So the main thing here is it's beautiful because here are some men fully occupied with their occupation fishing, but this God-man comes. They're able, as a result of seeing him, listening to him, observing him, drop everything and follow him. This seems like an impossibility, but it's not impossible because the one that they were contacting and the one who was in their presence was the very God, man, Savior, Jesus Christ. What's he do? He calls, he saves, he attracts, and uh, even frees us from being occupied by so many things that take us away from God.
0: Yeah, you use the word an impossibility, and I would say if we judge by what we see day to day and our neighbors or perhaps ourselves and how desperate and frantic we are trying to keep up with all that has to be kept up with, the thought of just dropping everything to follow him does seem like an impossibility. But verse 11, the last verse in this account of these four, it simply says that, and when they had brought the boats to the land, they left all and followed him. Just that much. This must have been some kind of attraction, huh, Dick?
1: This was the greatest attraction in the whole universe.
0: Well, chapters 5 and 6 cover a number of other cases as well, and we're going to see some of these today. The case of the occupied, Peter and his friends, that you just recounted for us. Then, following that, the case of a leper whom Jesus healed. And then the case of a paralyzed man that was made to walk by the Lord. And then the case of Matthew a despised person, a tax collector. And then finally, the case of a hungry one who had violated the regulations of religion by eating grain on the Sabbath day, demonstrating that they were unsatisfied with all that religion had to offer and even demanded. Each of these cases, Dick, deals seemingly with a different kind of person. But actually, what we're going to see is that all of these cases represent us. Let's go to Witness Lee.
2: What I like to do is just point out uh, the very significant characteristics of this book. And these characteristics are mainly the aspects of the highest standard of morality. In all the cases, this point has been stressed by Luke. Don't consider the cases... As cases of different persons, actually all the different persons portray one complete person. You are Peter, occupied. You are also a leper, right? And you are also paralyzed. Then you are also a despised person. Could you follow me? All these cases depict one person, just you. Don't consider any case... As a separate person, you have to consider all these cases as one person, so complete, that's you. You need all these cases.
0: Well, Dick, he stressed quite much that these cases all need to be considered as a collective, as really depicting one complete person, that they really uh, are all applicable to us. Why is this so important to uh, have this view when we consider these different cases in Luke here?
1: It's really good, Chris, to see these conditions all describe us. And these conditions also show us the desperate need we have for this wonderful man, Savior, who can meet every need we have. And it's really good just to see this uh, kind of sequence isn't it right number 1 we're we're occupied yes. every one of us occupied busy 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 with everything except the lord and his interest and then when we get freed from being so busy then we realize what that we're just sinful we're contaminated we're saturated with rebellion and sin so what do we need we need cleansed then we enjoy some cleansing from the lord and we realize i'm quite active in many ways but very paralytic toward God. Right. <laughs> I'm just a cripple. <laughs> so the Lord heals us. This wonderful one again meets our need. And the result is then we see our real situation is a person of no value. We're really despised. Outwardly we're ugly and inwardly we're empty. <laughs> so the Lord just applies himself to us as the new garment and he applies himself to us as the satisfying, enlivening, exciting new wine as our new inner life supply. And uh, then uh, what happens? Because we experience the Lord a little bit, then we want to be so much for the Lord, and then we end up under bondage of religion, right? under some kind of regulations, and we just are bound. So what do we need? We need liberated. <laughs> so each of these conditions really just describes exactly our case, and also unveils this wonderful man-savior as the one who can meet every single need. I appreciate so much, Chris, that because of Christ, the man-savior, and our opening our heart to him and just saying, oh, Lord, I need you, and constantly turning to him, what happens? We who are occupied get freed. We who are leprous get cleansed. We who are paralytic are healed. We who are despised and of no value, Mm. what happens? We're loved, and we become people of value, clothed with Christ and filled with Christ as the exciting new life, as the exciting new life signified by the new wine. And we who are hungry and bound become liberated from just all the kinds of regulations of religion to really enjoy the Lord for his expression. So then Christ, as the wonderful Man Savior, who is... A man filled with God whose human virtues are expressing the divine attributes is worked into us to make us his expression and his duplication for his testimony. This is really precious. The Lord can take persons like us, such a mess, and come in as the all-inclusive man-savior to make us his testimony. This is wonderful.
0: It really is. I think it's clear now. These conditions, these cases really describe us. We need all of them, don't we, to see the picture clearly because we have more than just one problem. It's not just that we're occupied, but we're impotent and crippled and leprous. (laughs) and We're a mess in many, many ways, aren't we?
1: That's right. But hallelujah, he makes a masterpiece out of a mess.
0: How about that? (laughs) Dick, we've selected two of these cases to get into in a little more detail and depth today. In Luke 5, verse 12, we have the case of the leper. And while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. And stretching out his hand, he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. I love his word there, Lord, if you're willing, not Lord, if you're able.
1: And hallelujah, the Lord is willing.
0: He is. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: In every case you could see the human virtue of the Man savior. And you could also see the divine attributes expressed in his human virtue. For instance, in the cleansing of the leper, you know, according to Old Testament, a leper, no one would touch him. And he had to cry out, unclean, unclean to keep people away from him. He was isolated to the uttermost. Yet, uh, here's one item that the man said, stretching his hand to touch this leper. This was the highest standard of morality. Then, in this touching, that means in this human virtue, there was a healing. The healing was not human. How can one human being cleanse a leper? Impossible. The cleanser should be God. So you could see in his sympathy, you see the human virtue. And in the cleansing, you see his divine attributes. So these two things go together. He was a real God-man. A man. Full of the top human virtues. And at the same time, he was God, the very God who can cleanse leprosy. Here you could see the human virtue expressing the divine attributes. Now, in the healing of the public, the same thing. Who can heal a public person? And who can forgive his sin, right? Only God. There was a kind of kindness exercised by the human Savior toward this person. And at the same time, he exercised his divine authority to forgive. And also his divine power to heal him. So here, in this case, again, you could see the human virtue expressing the divine attributes.
0: Dick, in these recent programs, we've been seeing cases that are illustrating this phrase that has become a, somewhat a keystone of this life study, and that is the divine attributes being expressed in the human virtues. In this case, particularly of the leper being cleansed is very graphic in illustrating both sides, isn't it? The sympathy with the power to do the healing.
1: That's really true, Chris. And like you said, the power to do the healing, the man savior's ability was in the fact that he was both man and God, and that his divine attributes were expressed in and through the human virtues. Like you referred to this case with the leper, here's somebody who is shouting, unclean, unclean, nobody should come near this guy. Right. <laughs> but the man savior, in his humanity with his human virtue, was sympathetic. Yes. And then as God, with the divine attribute through that human virtue, actually cleansed this leper. He was there as a man touching him. Yes, And he was there as God cleansing him. So his ability to handle every kind of case, even this uh, leprous person who signifies rebellion to the uttermost, his ability to handle this case is altogether found in his being the man-savior with his divine attributes being expressed in his human virtues. So I really like this case with the paralytic also, Chris, don't you? Because here you see the man Savior's kindness. His human virtue of kindness was filled with the divine attribute of forgiveness. Yes. And this paralytic was able to rise up, pick up his bed, and walk and glorify God. So again, you see the human virtue— filled with and expressing the divine attributes. And then, uh, of course, the case that we'll still come to in this program is the case of Matthew or Levi, the despised tax collector. Again, you see the human virtue of mercy, and you see the divine attribute of love working through and in that human virtue Mm. to attract this one to the uttermost, to motivate him to the point where he calls every friend he has to come meet this man-savior.
0: Dick, we want to look at uh, the case of Matthew here. It is very uh, touching, and it's a good one to end on. But quickly, let me just go back to something. Wasn't it something that with the uh, leprous one, the Lord specifically reached out and touched him? Of course, he was powerful enough. He could have just by his word cleansed him. But the one whom no one would touch, the Man Savior made a point of touching. It's quite an expression, wasn't it?
1: I don't know what to say, Chris, except awesomely wonderful, Sympathetic to the uttermost?
0: I don't know. It's just (laughs) indescribably wonderful. (laughs) It really is. All right, let's go to Matthew as uh, we get to the final portion today. Still in chapter 5, verse 27, And after these things he went out and beheld a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving all, he rose up and followed him. And Levi gave a great reception for him in his house, And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and others who were reclining at table with them. Can you imagine the God of the universe, the God of creation, the Almighty One, as this humble man (laughs) sitting in the table in the room in the house of this despised tax collector, Matthew? Wow. What a picture.
1: What a picture, and what a man savior.
0: Here's Witness Lee once
1: more.
2: Then we come to the despised case. Who was this case? That was Matthew. He was a top tax collector, despised by the Jewish people. But the Lord Jesus came to him. He didn't do any miracle. What he did, he would come to him. His willing to come to him was a great mercy. I tell you, all the Jewish people would stay away from a tax collector, more than to stay away from a leper. Who would go to a tax collector? Jesus would go. And he did go. This surprised Matthew. <laughs> Who am I? I'm a despised person. I'm just a tax collector. Who would care for me? Yet yeah, Jesus came to me. What is this? This is the highest standard of, human virtue. This kind of mercy moved the heart of Matthew. Otherwise Matthew would not prepare a big feast. And uh, he was so rejoicing, so happy, that was a golden time for him to set a big table inviting a crowd of tax collectors. <laughs> <laughs> Again I say, here you could see the human virtue of the man Savior. This is the man Savior's ministry in his human virtues with his divine attributes. Now you understand, this is the underlying principle of the writing of this gospel.
0: Oh, Dick, each of these sections I listen to, and I just find myself being more and more attracted to this one. Amen. You just begin to see him in such a light with these two things going on, but yet so perfectly blended together, the divine attributes being so marvelously, or to quote you, Dick, awesomely, wonderfully expressed in his human virtues. Amen. This picture of Matthew is really a marvelous expression, isn't it?
1: It surely is. I appreciate in this case, Chris, don't you, the attracting power of this man, Savior. It's unbelievable. Here is a despised person that nobody is willing to go near. Uh, he's a Jew yet working for the Roman government. Right. And he's making lots of money. Right. <laughs> he's a despised guy. Yeah. But like Brother Lee said, who's willing to go to this man? Jesus is willing. <laughs> this is wonderful. And Jesus went how? He went as the man Savior. His human virtue of mercy was expressed in his willingness yes. to come to this despised tax collector. And inside the human mercy was just the content of the divine attribute of God as love right. being expressed through his virtue. So the Lord comes to one who's should be despised, rejected, but like it says in James 2.13, mercy triumphs over judgment. He could have come to this man and just wiped him off the map, but he came in the divine attribute of his love, expressed through the human virtue of mercy, and just attracted this man to the point where this man experienced him, no doubt, as his covering, experienced him as his inward satisfying filling, And the mercy of the man-savior expressing the divine attribute of love motivated Levi to the uttermost to the point where he'd gather every friend he could ever find and say, let's have a banquet with this man-savior. He didn't know how to describe (laughs) him. So Jesus, as the God-man, as the man-savior, really shows the highest standard of morality, particularly in this case, and what attracting power, because never was there a man who was filled with God, who was God, and whose human virtues were expressing so clearly the divine attributes. So this is just a very precious case. And, Chris, this brings us to the governing principle of the writing of the entire book of Luke. Right. Where God with his divine attribute, was expressed in and through man with his human virtues. And this case with Levi really shows us how attractive this one is. And I hope and I believe that as we've been listening to this broadcast, all of us are freshly attracted to him to love him, pursue him, to be filled with him, and open to him as the only one who can meet all our needs. Praise the Lord for such a man-savior.
0: Dick, I would just uh, add an encouragement to your word to our listeners. Now, with this kind of view, we've been on this point now for a few days. I would encourage our listeners to go back and read this gospel again with this kind of perspective, Mm -hmm. this seeing the divine attributes being expressed in the human virtues of the man Savior. And this gospel will become absolutely new and fresh. What a delight that we could be treated to uh, this kind of speaking each day and having the man Savior unveiled again and again. I really treasure these times, Dick.
1: Amen, Chris, me too. He's healing us, he's recovering us, enlivening us, saving us, and calling us to be his expression.
0: As we close today, we would invite you to contact us. We'd love to hear your own testimony of uh, your enjoyment of the man Savior and the Gospel of Luke, uh, or to answer any questions that you might have, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free. Triple eight life study. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism, constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ, who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.